My Mac Podcast 291. All your apps are belong to us. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to the latest episode number 291 of the MyMac podcast with the G-Men. Guy and Gaz back again. Hi Guy, how are you? I'm, 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 I, I can barely speak. I'm, I'm so, so very sad. Oh, what, what, why is that? You, you, we spoke earlier, you sounded quite chipper, so what's the problem? I've, I've just received some just awful, awful news. Is that awful as in uh, cows and pigs, or is that awful as in really bad news? Um, well, in this case, it could almost be both, <laughs> because <clears throat> apparently, we know. after, after... Almost 30 years, maybe longer, Sony has decided to discontinue making the 3.5-inch floppy disk. So, sorry, so what, what is this 3.5 floppy disk that you talk of? Well, it was it was a little tiny disk that was used to be used in computers all over the world, and now it's dead. Well... I, I, I must have joking apart. That is actually yeah. a quite quite a well. It's quite a standpoint. It's quite a a point in the history of computing, isn't it? Really. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. And you know the 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 kind of weird part is is you know Apple certainly had their hand in killing it <laughs> since when the uh, for for those that that don't know a lot about Apple history the the original iMac when it came out I believe in nineteen ninety seven did not have a floppy disk and the tech world was a buzz with indignation that Apple's newest computer did not have a floppy disk well and it's now how long's it taken so when was that um, you said that that uh, they didn't have a floppy disk uh well they uh, Sony is the, is the last company that that still makes floppy disks and apparently Due to dwindling demand, uh, they're going. They discontinued European production of them in September of of '09, and apparently the last European sale of it was in, was in March of this year. So, if if you're a big fan of floppy disks, you'd better stock up now because uh, by March of 2011, Sony will no longer make. Well, them. I, I've got to say, I better go in for a song on eBay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I can't even you know because I, I go to you know various consumer electronics stores, and, and honestly, I I can't remember the last time I even saw them on the shelves. I've got some. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I still have a whole bunch of them too from from you know way back in the day. I just I I haven't used them in so long. I'd probably look at them and try to figure out which end goes in and when which end is you know, where you push course, or yeah. You know, I, I don't. But of know. course, you you've got a Mac, so. You've got no slot to put them in a. Well, I've got this CD-ROM slot that if I got out a hammer, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I shove it in there. Well, that, that, I've got to say, it's you know, again, joking apart, that is quite a big, uh, a big point in computing history. But you know, RIP the three and a half. That's all I can say. Yep, yep. Rest in peace, three and a half inch floppy disks. So. 
some something else that uh, that that came up that that's kind of in the the news of the weird is that uh, there is a malware attack that is targeting iPad users already. Already, already? yes. There's just one little problem. It doesn't affect the iPad, and it doesn't affect the Macintosh. It only affects people on iPads on Windows. <laughs> oh, dear. So, so is it attacking the Windows environment through the iPad? Is that what... Uh, well, sort of. Uh, basically, you receive an email, and what they try to do is to get unsuspecting users to, to apparently download what is said to be an update for iTunes, which is supposed to improve or add support for the iPad. And then there's a link that goes to the software that, that actually downloads the, the malware. And, you know, anyone who has used, you know, various iDevices or the Mac or even iTunes on Windows knows that Apple does not, you know, tell you about software updates through an no, email. That's correct. Absolutely. Spot yes. On. Whether you're on Windows or the Mac, you know, Apple has their software update, and, and that is where you go and get your Absolutely. updates for whatever Apple software you're running on either Windows or the Mac. So there's, there's a big warning out there for everybody. If you, if you receive one of these emails and you're using your iPad and you're using it on a Windows machine, don't click the link. Don't, yeah. don't go there. Don't go there. Well, it, it's, it's just insane because, I mean, why would someone – like even if let, – let's say you don't even have an iPad – and you get, and you know, chances are this 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 is the kind of email that that's going to go out to everybody anywhere that has you know, essentially an email address. I'm kind of surprised I haven't gotten one yet. Um, Apple does not, you know, again, Apple does not send you alerts about downloading software or updating Apple software through an email. Doesn't happen. It's it's still incredible how many people out there just don't know the the ropes guy you know we t we take it for granted and a lot of listeners uh, listening to the podcast probably take it for granted and, you know they nodding their heads in agreement saying yeah i don't click on those links yeah but it's amazing actually how many emails you can still get um through these bots that take over computers i've got i actually received recently a, uh, some emails from uh, a colleague who i thought was fairly computer savvy um, but his machine's been taken over, and I'm receiving all sorts of ridiculous emails from him now. Well, have, have you told oh, him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wh what did he say? Well, he went, huh? <laughs> Sorry about that, man. <laughs> so, you know. I don't know what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and they said I needed that codec. <laughs> <laughs> to watch that movie on that dodgy site. Yeah. 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 And, well, you know, kind of, kind of moving in that same direction um, – there was there was another story that came out this week from one of those infamous, very very short uh, Steve Jobs replies <laughs> to a, a particular email. Yeah, yeah. and Abs go absolutely. Ahead. Con well, considering how well Apple seemed to have embraced the iTunes App Store, and, right. and carrying on on the story which you were going down the line of, would it be worth their consideration to have a Mac App Store? I mean, surely this would give the users of uh, uh, the Mac a complete Apple experience. And the, what started it off was, as you was going to mention, was that a um, 
succinct one-word reply to a guy called Fernando Valente, uh, who's a Mac developer. Um, Fernando basically asked Steve, and here's, here's a transcript of, of that email. Hey, Steve, there's a rumor saying... Isn't it nice that, that he was so friendly? Yeah, hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> there's a rumor saying that there will be a Mac App Store and no software without authorization from Apple will run on Mac OS X. Is that true? And Steve's succinct one-word answer on that was, nope. <laughs> nope. Now, but that, but that's that's not quite the whole story because no, no. you know, just because just because Apple wouldn't do an exclusive for OS ten, you know, for for all software that can be installed on OS ten, and I'm, you know, even if this is true, we're talking, you know, down the road, ten point seven, ten point ten point eight, if at all. Yeah. Um, the, you know, that, that little Pandora's box was opened a, a very, very long time ago, back in 1984, you know, back when they still use floppy disks. So I, I, I really don't see OS 10 going to an exclusive software download arrangement like they do with the various iDevices. No, I mean, I, one of the thoughts that I put down was that, you know, perhaps Apple could look at possibly keeping the OS open to developers, but just create, uh, and I'm, I'm doing quotes here, an approved Apple right. Store or an approved app, Mac App Store, um, but allow developers still well, to create apps that are available through, you know, your normal wherever. non-Apple sources. But, you know, that's going to create all sorts of scenarios. I, I mean, you're going to have you're going to have you're going to have a set of developers that are going to be rushing to get into the app store and get their app obviously on that front page again uh, sure. how would they run it would would they do it through iTunes you know iTunes is getting a big heavy beast and uh, I really can't see them going down that avenue if they went through that avenue at all I mean we're talking completely hypothetical here uh, this right. is a bit of fun, fun really from from me and you because obviously Steve his his holiness has said nope <laughs> well, one thing one thing that that they could do because iTunes <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. iTunes has has been becoming very let's just say unwieldy that you know it's just I th I think that Apple may be trying to just do too much between all the various, you know, content and now we're talking about apps and you know every everything else that they're trying to shove through iTunes um, couldn't they do a, a separate application that would allow people to parouse software for various iDevices or the Mac and, and not necessarily software that would be exclusive through these stores? Um, you know, like you were saying, having, having Apple go out and approve all these apps. I don't think that that Apple is interested in doing something like that. No, I mean. However, go on. Go ahead. No, you go. No, no, please. Okay. No, 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 no. No, you, no, you, no, no, no. Very, very polite. We're no, so well, polite. One here. of the things that obviously that would cause is you know could I mean I, again something a note that I put down was could Apple really cope with all the submissions for Mac apps, and there is actually an application out there at the moment which people may or may not be aware of. Um, I think it's called Badiga. Um, and that is the sort it, it, it in itself it is an application which helps you search for just mac apps 
Um, right. And, you know, perhaps that's the thought, sort of thing that they could do. And, you know, there's pros and cons to this whole process. But I'm, I'm really not sure that it's something that they want to get their, you know, get tied down into really i mean there's they make enough money out of the software that they sell and the updates that they do and and the you know the actual hardware that they sell right. do they really want to alienate because w- w- would it do that would it, i think well now well hold on a sec who who is it going to alienate well i think in your opinion? i think it may well alienate some software developers because a lot of people feel that you know apple are just taking the reins and tightening it and tighten it and tighten it and and that means that they would then also if you were going to be putting apps through their specific application would probably have much like they've got on the iphone they might start putting regs and rules regulations as to what sort of app what sort of things you can do and and that may well start to stifle the sort of application development that we've got at the moment well, I you know I have to say <clears throat> that that I, I don't necessarily agree with that. That um, the only way that that it it would possibly stifle developers would be if that was the only way that you could get an application onto a Mac running OS ten. Now, where something like that now you know talking about an app store for the Macintosh, I'll, I'll tell you right away who who wouldn't be interested in something like this and that would be the likes of Adobe, Microsoft, um probably most of of the the very very large developers that that have already committed time and resources to, you know, their own distribution methods. Now, but where it would be a, a godsend would be smaller developers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean because they already kind of do that on the on the web on the website, don't they? They already have a lot of applications which you can look, which are not uh, specific Apple apps. Uh, on the oh, sure, you can go to the, you can go to their their downloads yeah. uh, section yeah. on uh, on Apple's main website, and you can find all kinds of of, of software that that's kind of uh, it, it's not so much recommended as it's it's just saying, okay, well, under these particular categories, here are some choices that that you may not be aware of. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you if they kept it open. Um, the, the problem is, I think, and I agree with you that smaller developers would probably benefit. But you, Oh, a lot more than the bigger but, ones would. But would, you know, I mean, has the environment that we've got at the moment, you know, the environment where uh, a lot of people say that uh, there are less applications or programs in comparison to the Windows world, Okay, it's a much big. Okay, well that's, that's much, yeah. Much, I mean uh, that's a given. It's a much bigger that's environment. Okay, but, sure. but has that environment come around precisely because Apple doesn't play the all-seeing master and do what we want? Um, and yet another, you'd have yet another hopper to go looking for what you you know what you need. Um, we've got a smaller environment where the apps that you're looking for generally do a good job. The app developers generally keep on top of the apps. Um, and the problem with having a recommended store is that a lot of new users would probably not find the environment that we've got at the moment, which is word of mouth. We've got podcasts, we've got Twitter, we've got quite a good still thriving Mac community that talks about 
applications Certainly. and talks about developers. Now, if you get new users coming in, their first port of call is likely to be Apple and its App Store, and that may then tend to mean that that's their only port of call. And there may be quite a few bigger or mid-sized developers that don't want to play the um, the Apple game. And that's that's they're the sort of people I think I'm thinking of, because Adobe and uh, Microsoft, oh, Microsoft will, will yeah. play their own game as long. As sure. long as Apple keep it open, that you can still download applications from elsewhere. So, I think I'm not sure whether it would just create a big intake of breath and cause alienation, which may or may not be um, worthy. Um, you know, because a lot of people say that a closed shop creates um, a world in which you can have a much safer but, computing but environment. Is this- well, that's true, but is this a closed shop if you can go anywhere you want and get software and, and put it on your – I mean, this is the same kind of argument that a lot of people made with iTunes in and, – and I'll just stick to this one category – when it came to music. You know, I mean, the the first thing – when the iTunes store first started opening up and they were able to sell to sell music through their own store was, you know, oh, okay, but, you know, now I can't bring in music – any other way except through buying it through iTunes, which of course was complete malarkey. Yep. You know, you can take any CD that's been created since the eighties, rip it into iTunes, you know, a, a quick search to, um, uh, what is that website? Uh, C D D B something like that. Uh, it's, it's the, the website that, that has all the information, all, you know, all the metadata, for pretty much any CD that that you may own. I've never gone there, go but I'm sure there's one out there, much like the IMDB one, uh, I assume. Yeah, I, I think it is CDDB. And it's it's actually a great site, and I think that I think there's actually a link to it in iTunes when you um uh when when you you know rip uh, your own C D uh, you know the the content that's on the CD <laughs> into Sorry, iTunes. Sorry, just to take a a, a a a way move. I've just gone to sddb.com and it's moved, but it says at the top strategic drugs database. <laughs> <laughs> no, CDDB. <laughs> if Apple starts selling drugs through <laughs> iTunes, I'm sorry. I I just can't get behind that. Just no. Sorry. No. So I hope I didn't put you off there. <laughs> especially especially strategic drugs. So <laughs> Target targeted drugs. All right, we're yeah. we're getting we're getting slightly yeah. off the topic yeah, here. Um, now, the one difference between a, a Macintosh app store and the the app store that you have for either the iPad or the iPhone or the iPod Touch is that for the the iDevices, you know, if you're running, you know, unless you jailbreak the device, um, it's it, it is a closed market and. In that particular case, you know, you're right that 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 is good for security. It's not necessarily always going to be best for the users of these devices because you know they, of course, will exclude a lot of the software that these de- that these devices are capable of running. But on the Mac side of things, as as long as you can still go to you know find my software and buy it online.com or, you know, whatever, then you're not, you know, it's not so much a closed platform as it is, 
you know, here is a list of applications that Apple says it's okay for you to use that it's not going to do any harm to your machine. Yeah, now, and that brings up a very important point it, it, because I, I think the uh, iPad and the iPhone and the um, iPod, touch. I, iPod Touch and the applications that are built for that are probably a lot easier for them to check and look on the code because the code database is probably going to be. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not a developer, so I'm probably talking totally off the top of my head and incorrectly here. But my my impression is that they would be able to check those apps a lot quicker than an application built for OS ten. Now, well, that's probably th- very true. Now, that that means they're going to have to put an awful lot of resource if they're going to make that statement, guy, to to back that up. And that means there's going to be a lot of resource in the people checking those apps and allowing those apps to get through, and equally all of the updates that then come through. I'm not sure whether Apple um, would want to do that. Well, you know, it, it ends up kind of being self policing in a way. Because a, a lot of these applications are going, you know, especially from the smaller developers, are going to be apps that have been around for a very long time. So would Apple even, you know, as as long as it's not, you know, pointing to a, a, a porn site or it's, you know, being used to, say, circumvent either audio or video DRM, which, you know, th- there's no way Apple's going to get into, the, into that market, um, would it? Would they really have to check every single app to make sure that it's not doing something that, well, uh, that you know that they don't want? Well, to? from from my point of view, if they're going to make a statement uh, that says uh, these apps are you know work going to work well, and these apps are you know kind of officially. Um, <sighs> Supported by us, you know, we say these apps are okay to but, use on uh, the Mac. They're not. They're not necessarily going to say that that they're supported. Well, you know, this well, isn't a case of of Apple saying that we support these apps. They're saying that that these applications <laughs> will run on any machine that will run OS. Uh, you see, there you go again. You've made a statement, which means that Apple would have to go through the whole process of saying uh, and getting all of those applications checked. So I, I'm not sure that Apple would want to make that statement on the back of not checking the statement they make. And then you get to the point of, well, you know, what's the point? What's the point of buying out where Apple just say it's just an app? They might as well carry on as they are now and obviously link to their website and say, we have these apps available. These apps are available for you to use. Um, there are there are pros and cons to this whole process, and obviously we're talking completely hypothetical. And, oh, and, yeah. I, and oh, yeah. I'm I'm not sure that it would be something that Apple would want to get into. I'm not saying actually that it would be bad. I think it it could be very good. And there are a lot of people out there that say if Apple says it's good, that's what I'm using, and I'm not using anything else. And then you'd obviously they go through the process of getting lots of people wanting to get their apps into uh, the App Store. And then you're going to get those people wanting to make sure that they get their apps on the front page. And that's where, you know, the money starts kicking in and the advertising. Well, and, sure. you know, you go down that whole rigmarole of, um, you know, app reviews. Oh, here we go again, just in a slightly different format. So uh, learning the less- lessons that they've had on the iPad and the iPhone and the iPod Touch, would they want to do that for Mac? Uh, you know, all the different Macs that are out there. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. 
Well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of money there. If Apple is making, you know, because they're making 30% on uh, everything that's being sold currently through iTunes, unless, of course, the content itself is free. You know, I mean, we're not, we're, it's not like we're paying 30% to Apple nope. for a free podcast. You know, I, I can write that check. That's for damn sure. That's not a big deal. Um, but for a lot of other developers, being able to use the, you know, iTunes or an iTunes like, type of store would be a huge benefit for them. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, they, yeah, absolutely. They, no longer, they no longer have to process credit cards. Absolutely. You know, they don't have to worry as much about marketing because uh, like it's, it's like with, with uh, a lo- not all of them, but a lot of the, uh, the iDevice apps, the cream rises to the top. So if if you've got a really really good app and a lot of people use it and a lot of people comment on it, well you're going to end up on the front page and it's the front page of course like you said where you know the the real money starts kicking in. As long as we don't get lots of flashlights cuz I really don't want to carry my iMac around. <laughs> Can you imagine a, a, a 27-inch iMac flashlight? You turn it on. I'm blind. I'm blind. I cannot see. Yeah. Oh, my God. But um, w- one of the pros that you had listed w- was that it would make searching for specific map app, map Mac, Mac apps uh, a lot easier. And, and that's very true. Uh, one of the things that can be very frustrating for – for relatively novice users, no matter what platform you're on, is trying to find an application that A, is going to do what you want, and B, is, go- is going to, to do what you want, yeah. if you know what yeah, I'm absolutely. saying. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, a, a, a lot of times, and well, you know, one, of the, it's, one it's, of the things that I found slightly frustrating when I first moved across was the way the place that I searched for um, for Mac apps was through a search engine, whether that be uh, Yahoo, whether it be Bing, whether it be uh, Google, but right. when you go searching, but you get an awful lot of hits back on stuff which is nowhere near what you're yeah. looking for. So it's not even related. Absolutely, and that, that's one of the things that. Um, uh, frustrated me to a certain degree but obviously you get to know where the best places are to go and look and there are you know there are one or two websites out there i mean to name a few you've got mac.softpedia you've got ilovemacapps.com you've got coolmacapps.com you know there are plenty out there i mean i uh, com is uh, uh, another site but they're all typical websites and you still have to go in and search so um this app that I mentioned at the uh, earlier in, uh, in the conversation, Bodega, is 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 quite a neat way round and something that possibly Apple could look at, and perhaps perhaps the developer just wanted to get in there first because, um, you know, another pro to just searching for Mac, Mac apps that you'd, you'd like to have on your machine is that um, if they are approved by Apple, you know, you wouldn't have unauthorized programs clogging up your machine with dirty and unusable code as well so there are quite a few uh, pros i'm not sure whether those pros would be enough for apple to decide to go down that avenue though um well I, i guess one of the other things that that developers would have to worry about would be whatever Apple's rules and regulations were yeah. that to to allow applications into you know their approved store. So, you know, but but again, because this wouldn't be a closed system, you know, if there was some if there was some um, 
movie editing software that that did something that you really liked, but Apple, for whatever reason, didn't care for it, and you know either the the developer didn't submit it or Apple didn't allow it, you could still go out and get it without you know jail having to jailbreak your Mac. Absolutely, absolutely, and and you know this this is where to me it sounds like. Why do we need just another hopper to go looking when there are plenty of places and we can find those those apps at the moment? So, but couldn't that also be part of the problem? Is that there are so many places to go and not you know there there is really no one but, place but, that but, you can go yeah, to. But guy, at the moment, what what do you do if you're looking for an app? You 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 do a bit of searching, but I put a ten sure. to one bet you'll put a call out there on Twitter. You'll speak to the people that you know. You'll you know have a few people on iChat or whatever, mm-hmm. and you um you'll be chatting to them, and you'll f- come across an app that you would have never found. Even in your hardest of searches, you'd have never found it. And it, I mean, that still happens to me now. And I think I'm fairly rigorous when I'm doing searching for, for applications. So, well, you know, there, there's two other sites that you haven't mentioned that, that that's also very I'm good sh- for a starting I'm sure place there, for I'm looking I'm sure there are apps. plenty, but good. Sure. Those two. Version, versiontracker.com yep. Yep. and macupdate.com. Yep. So the, it, there's there's lots of places to go looking, and to me, it would just be yet another hole to go looking for apps. But we are talking as hard and fast Mac users who have been right. know, been around and, and tried tried the you know the trail, and and new users. There are a lot of people out there that just like to they like to go where they know. So you could be right. It could be something that they you know could come up with and uh, be very successful with sure and of course you know i mean this is all speculation um <laughs> steve steve said nope but what part he actually said nope to, we don't know to the original question we don't know <laughs> but speaking of some place to go where you can always find the things that you need for your macintosh where would, is where would that be well it, it just so happens that we have a sponsor called otherworld computing and uh, if we give, if we if we stay quiet for for just a second, Gaz, yeah. I bet Tim will tell us exactly what kind of great stuff Otherworld Computing at MaxSales.com has for us this week. I'm sure he will. Hey guys, Tim Robertson from www.maxsales.com. I want to spend just a few minutes to talk to you guys about uh, some really cool stuff that I found online that I think that you're going to enjoy. We're going to start with our own products at owcradio.com. I'm sorry, at www.maxsales.com. See, I'm so used to saying OWC Radio at this point because I just posted at the end of last week episode number 25. So there's 25 episodes of OWC Radio now. We're doing a lot of great interviews. We just did one with a guy named Michael Manna. Uh, Michael is the host of the T4 show. It's a tech show, video. He's right now doing a whole bunch of green screen stuff, and that's really interesting to watch up on YouTube. Or you can just go to, to the uh, t4show.com or just do a Google search for T4 show. Michael Manna used to be a professional wrestler, so that's kind of a background that you don't see in a lot of the tech pundits out there. He's an, a, a huge tech enthusiast. 
and uh, he brings that sensibility of, of showmanship and very comfortable in front of a camera as a professional wrestler. He used to be a, cu- a character called Stevie Richards. So if you were ever into pro wrestling in the 90s, uh, you probably know who Stevie or Steven Richards is, and that's Michael Manna. So that was a really fun interview. And we're going to have more interviews in the future. In fact, this week we're going to do an interview with Krishna. He is the creator of the PC Weenies. When I was uh, publishing My Mac Magazine as a digital download back in the uh, early 2000s and uh, the early, or I'm sorry, the, the mid-90s, we actually ran the PC Weenies in My Mac Magazine. So I've got a, a history with Krishna, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Make sure you subscribe to MacSales.com in iTunes. That way you can get the latest episodes. In the meantime, I'm going to turn it back over to Guy and Gaz and say, hey, Enjoying the show so far, guys. Take care. Tim, for that message from Otherworld Computing, you can find them at MaxSales.com. Gaz, we're back. Whoa. Yeah, we we went away for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I, I went and had a sleep. <laughs> yeah, I know it's late for you, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the things that, that's going on right now is, um, I believe it's next month, Adobe is getting ready to release CS5, which, um, did you see the video on the content-aware stuff that, that Photoshop and, and some of the other programs do? Yeah, I, I, I've seen snippets, um, Guy, but I'm not really a big um, CS user, I've got to admit. It's something which is, you know, it's it's beyond my skill levels, let's put it that way. But I, yeah, I well, have seen, yeah, me too, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I, have, I have seen some of the, um, yeah, the aware stuff that uh, they've been touting, and it yeah. looks pretty impressive well uh, for the price that they charge for it 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 darn well better be pretty impressive um well, I, I i've got to say i've never actually I, i've heard a lot of people talking about it but i've never actually gone and bothered to see how much it would cost me so i'm going to be quite interested when if you're going to come up with some prices oh, oh i've got some prices here now if you were going to get everything you know this is the the master collection it's got yeah pretty yeah. much and i'm not going to go through the whole list here because we're going to be talking about alternatives to these programs in just a minute but okay. if you were going to just today go out and or whenever it comes out Go out and buy CS5. It would cost you in U.S. dollars twenty six hundred dollars. Yeah, chokes, yeah, chokes. <laughs> now, of course, I, if, you, I, if you have, I, can CS- I get an education discount on that? Um, yeah, then it, then it's twenty four ninety nine. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I have no idea. Uh, Adobe probably does have some kind of education discount. Yeah, if you already have CS4, the upgrade price is nine hundred dollars. Now that's for the master collection. Uh, if it's the web premium, uh, the upgrade price is five ninety nine. The full price is seventeen ninety nine. Uh, design standard upgrade is four ninety nine. Full is twelve ninety nine. Design standard five ninety nine, eighteen ninety nine, so on and so forth. They have you know several packages with various bits and pieces of Adobe software on it. Um, but that's not quite what we're going to talk about right now. No, because I mean, for for professionals, this you know CS. The CS range of products is is known to be uh, the 
the product. Yeah, that they, well, it's the it's that they go to. These are all the you know basically the the industry standards. If if yeah. you're a professional, yeah. and if you are a professional, chances are you're already on CS3 or CS4. And when CS5 comes out within a year, I imagine your employer will go ahead and you know upgrade you. But not everyone has a sugar daddy with deep <laughs> pockets that's going to go out and spend you know even $900 for an upgrade to all this software and we're talking for each and every person sitting at a desk assuming of course because, that they don't pirate it but that's 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 a whole other well, story well let's, yeah, let's not go down that avenue yeah uh, <laughs> because of course I'm sure there's uh, lots of products in there which uh, you know you'd, you'd want to do a bit of mix and match with it because that collection has got a lot of a lot of different types of software. So. Oh, sure. I mean, if you're a web designer, you're not interested in Premiere Pro or On Location and Encore. And if most of what you do, you know, is dealing with Flash, well, then you know, again, you don't care about Premiere. You don't care about After, you know, After Effects or Sound Booth. And if you're a, you know, a designer, then you know, it, you know, it, it really depends on what kind of job it is you're doing and what kind of software it is you're looking for. So, so do you want to? You know, rattle through or mention one or two of the um, applications, uh, alternative applications, because some of these that I, you know, I have myself. Yeah, well, yeah, so do I. Uh, not all of them, and you know, I mean, right up front, uh, I think we need to say that that neither Gaz nor I have experience with all of the alternative software that we're going nope. to mention tonight. Nope. Um, these were this was a list of programs that I found that that various people have claimed to have been like you know a uh, competing uh, Adobe product, and I found most of them at this website called alternative alternative2.net. Now I'll have a link in the show notes for that. What I won't have is a link to all of these programs because I would be typing until Gaz and I got together <laughs> next week <laughs> trying to yeah. put all these links together. So please listen closely. Or if you go to alternative2.net, chances are you'll find links to most of them there. So let's start off with Photoshop. <coughs> Photoshop, of course, is the standard in photo manipulation software. Absolutely. Well, and it's funny because a lot of people are saying that uh, Adobe themselves are almost competing uh, with themselves with the, the Photoshop elements, which you've got listed. And uh, I've, I've heard that they're saying the photo elements, Photoshop elements is a, a pretty good little tool. Oh, do you have it? I don't because actually I had a, a bad experience when I first moved over to the Mac with Photoshop Elements. It, oh, really? uh, it was it was an earlier version and I really didn't like the interface because the, the Windows interface was absolutely, I loved it, absolutely loved it. And when I came over, I decided to pretty much try and stick with what I knew, uh -huh. I knew photo, Photoshop Elements. Sure. I got an older version, but I just didn't like the Mac interface at all. So I moved to um, iPhoto and stuck with it, which it doesn't really do the same thing, iPhoto. Uh, doesn't do the same thing at all but that's where a couple of the other applications that you've got mentioned um, i.e. Pixelmator is one that I, I gained in a uh, one of the Mac bundles that were out there yeah. and uh, I occasionally go in uh, to Pixelmator to make some high level or higher level adjustments to the photos. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that Pixelmator is, is probably one of the ones that I saw mentioned the most as I was looking yeah. for Photoshop, yeah. that's an ever. It's a, it's certainly an ever improving app, and you you know the updates yeah. that keep coming out for it, and uh, 
yeah, I think that's quite a popular alternative. Yeah, and it's and, and again, it's it's not it's at least as far as I know, it's not going to have things like you know content awareness. But no. if it did, <laughs> and you needed that, well, you know, chances are you've got you know six hundred plus dollars to spend on the latest version of Photoshop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, you were talking about iPhoto. Uh, iPhoto has some it, rudimentary editing built into it, but it, it's not really in the same class no, as Photoshop. No, no, and no. just before we came out of the break, you and I were talking about that there were some some online photo manipulation, you know, software that uh, is you know, it kind of does the same thing that iPhoto does where you can crop it and you can make some changes to the color balance and things like that. These are mostly meant for images that have been saved as JPEGs. You're not going to use it to do raw editing. No, although in saying that, I do a little bit of raw editing in, in iPhoto, but of course, as, as we say, not to the degree of Photoshop. No. Not anywhere close. No. Not anywhere close. And but the, the most fa- famous online one, of course, is Picasa. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's from Google. Um, Adobe actually has one as well. Uh, if you go to Photoshop.com, uh, you know, that's got some, some, oh, you know, uh, easy to use tools. Of course, it's not going to be as, as well laid out as Photoshop or even Photoshop elements because of course, Adobe wants you to spend a little bit more money than free. Well, it's probably a clever way for them to get you to, you know, uh, touch and feel before you buy, really, because uh, I've gone in there. But the the only problem for me is uh, all my photos are downloaded. They're all on my Mac, and going yeah. through the upload process was uh, the, the slight drawback for me there. Well, w- one thing I, I should probably mention really, really quick while we're talking about Photoshop is that mymac dot com actually has a podcast that's dedicated uh, to photo manipulation software and hardware. It's called My Photo Tech, and uh, Sandro, who's who's a, a a good guy. He he really really knows his stuff. And if you go to iTunes and type in all one word my photo tech, or go to mymac.com and type in or one of the type it in, just just find it over there on the right hand side. Uh, I think people that are interested in learning more about photography and photo manipulation, hardware and software would really get a lot out of that podcast. Yeah, I think I'm going to be doing that um, tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. If, if, so, so it's in the so queue. Any, I, it's in the queue, Sandro. I will, I will get to your podcast. So, just briefly mentioning a couple of other. Um, oh sure. Um, there's there's a very interesting company called Flying Meat Software. They have a uh, a program called Acorn that's uh, f- about fifty bucks. Uh, Pixelmator, which is about sixty dollars, and uh, there's I. I for whatever reason, I didn't write down what the name of the company was. Maybe there wasn't one. Uh, Photo Line, which was listed at fifty nine euros. Okay, so there's there's a fair selection out there. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, you know, you're not going to duplicate all the functionality of Photoshop. No. But for most people, any of these programs will do pretty much anything you need to do with photographs and do it at you know half the price of even Photoshop Elements. Absolutely. Okay, so going on to Illustrator, which is a line and uh, vector art software. Um, some of these I have tried out. I tried out Intaglio, and that's about $89. That, that's some pretty nice software. I know uh, MyMac's very own Donnie Yankelo, I believe, uses uh, 
I think he uses vector designer or maybe it was line form. Maybe if he listens to the podcast, he can, he can correct me on that. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've tried vector designer it, it, again. Yeah, that's from Tweakersoft very... and that's $70. Yeah. yeah. And you liked it? I, I did again it for the very small use that um you know um that limited use that i was right. putting into it it certainly did a, a terrific job but uh you know i like quite like vector designer and again <laughs> i got it through a mac bundle so uh sometimes you can gain this software uh fairly cheaply through those mac bundles yeah, so that, that you, should be if, that should be a future topic talking yeah, about some of these I think, bundles. yeah i think but, we should yeah. yeah i think we should um, there's also uh, free versus line form, which is about yep. $80. And I, I don't even know if I can, I can say this without screwing it up. Chromo, cro, uh, cro, chromatic bytes. Thank you. Chromatic bytes, Zustra, which is about 90 bucks. Yeah. And that's, you know, and, and all of these programs are, you know, much less expensive than what you're going to get from Adobe. And, you know, again, not going to be as fully featured, but, Unless you're a, a real professional that has need of the you know the the type of horsepower that Adobe's apps have, chances are any of these will do you just fine. Okay, so moving on, you've, you, the next the next item you've got here is InDesign or Page Layout. Yeah, InDesign is is a page layout program, and I could I could only find there may be a few more, but. And you know, I don't want to even mention Quark because Quark is kind of in that same <laughs> price category as what you yeah, get yeah. from Adobe. So I didn't really see the point in talking about it all that much. Uh, there was a program called Scribus, C uh, S C R I B U S, which is free. Uh, haven't tried it. And Stone Designs Create, which is about a hundred and fifty dollars, which which kind of that that's kind of getting up there as far as the price goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the next one, yours and my favorite, well, maybe not, <laughs> Acrobat. Acrobat, of course, is a, uh, how would you describe Acrobat? Um, I'm not sure how I'd design it. But, it's, it's kind uh, of like a PDF creation and editing yeah, tool. Y- yeah. But it, it, does, I, I mean, it does a bit more than that. I think it does a quite a bit more than that because you can create obviously lots of things within it as well. But yeah. I mean, if you're just looking at what a, a lot of people know, Acrobat, oh, Acrobat Reader, that means it's a PDF reader, right? Um, which is, I think, a little bit uh, disgenuous to the uh, the the name Acrobat and the application Acrobat. And uh, but certainly there are lots of PDF uh, creators out there. And I think a lot of people know the name Smile on My Mac. Yeah, which and is a, also a of, one of the uh, Usually one of one of the sponsors at uh, MacWorld for the, the uh, not the Mac Blast party, uh, the party that Backbeat Media throws. Yeah, yeah, and I believe I've heard today. I think I'm right on here, uh, hearing uh, fairly recently that uh, Smile and My Back Mac are going to be going to MacWorld 2011. But again, oh, oh, yeah, you know, as my fa- I saw a, um, a Facebook post from Paul Kent, who of course is yeah. the, the GM for MacWorld for IDG saying that Smile on My Mac had just signed up. Yep, so that's uh, that's uh, fairly topical. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they create a product called PDF Pen, and uh, I've had actually a um, chance to use that in, in some sort of anger, to be honest with you. I've had some PDFs <laughs> that, I've, <laughs> that I've had to create. And, I use uh, Acrobat PDF. in anger. 
<laughs> you got to say it, it like PDF, Worf from Star Trek. Yes, well, actually, it was PDF Pen that I used in anger, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it did the job that I needed it to do, uh, manipulation, changing a few things around. And uh, But, of course, you can create a PDF document. Um, oh, right from OS X. Just right from OS X, of course. You know, you, you basically take pretty much, you know, whether it's something out of Word or Pages or, or really any kind of document that you can print, you can create a PDF from it from the print dialog. Yeah, yeah. It's of course when you need to then re-manipulate those PDFs yeah. that these these applications then come into their own. So there's Marlama Max PDF Pen. You've also got uh, Scribus again, which is uh, as we mentioned previously free. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm going to struggle. <laughs> no, it's your turn. One. Your turn. Go ahead. Koopa. It's either Koopa or. Quopa. I'm, I'm, I'm not even yeah. sure. It's Q-O, Q-O. Yeah, Q-O-P-P-A Software's PDF Studio, uh, which is $60. Oh, um, Smile on My Mac's PDF pen is about 50 So, you know, here's, here's three programs, you know, outside of what you can do natively within OS X that you can use to create and manipulate PDFs. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on. Oh, uh, next one on the list. We love this. We love this, don't we? Yeah. I, I just wonder how much longer this is even going to be relevant. Flash. Ah, ah it's Flash. <laughs> what was Queen thinking? But that's a whole other story. Um, making. Let's be quick on this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's not even go into what Flash is because that's just going to piss everybody off. Uh, Vertical Moon Software Suite. Uh, SWF, uh, I guess it's SWF in slide. You know, you can make photos and movies into Flash presentations. Um, there's another program called Text Osterone for animated Flash text. Uh, SWF Lock and Load. Now, these are all by, you know, Vertical Moon Software. You can make f- Flash preluders. And uh, Laughing Bird Software's uh, Ad Creator, which is a template-based, you know, makes... Flash ads, you know, based on their templates. You know, it's it's easy to use, um, somewhat limited, but then again, it's pretty cheap at, at uh, forty bucks. Yeah, but don't tell anybody I use Click to Flash. So let's move on quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay the uh, the next category is Dreamweaver, which is Adobe's um, website creation software, and there's there's really, I mean, there's all kinds of of, of choices that oh, you can have Oh, tons here. of stuff out there, isn't there, really? Yeah, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I, I mean, RealMax Software um, Rapid Weaver, which is one of the first um, web development tools that I played with. Um, uh, on the Mac? On the Mac, yeah. Although I've actually moved over back to, to iWeb because I'm a simple sort of guy. Um, well, but there's, but there's lots of stuff out there. Uh, but the RealMax software and you mentioned this earlier um when we were yeah. just having a chat that rapid weaver in its basic form is 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 okay but you tend to find that you want to start buying lots of the add-ons and then the, you know the price can start adding up a little bit and it be, can become really quite powerful but you've got to watch your pocket a little bit with rapid weaver yeah well i mean rapid weaver by itself is is only 79 dollars yeah. but a yeah. lot of the plugins you know and and they they're relatively inexpensive but most of them are like one-trick ponies. So yeah. you know, you'll have one that'll allow you to have multiple columns on a web page. You'll have another one that does this or another one that does that. And they're all like around the, the $15 to $25 mark. And by the time you're done, 
well, you know, you may be spending well over, you know, one or two hundred dollars, and at that point, absolutely, you know, you can move up to something that's that's you know a little bit more complete. Yeah. Um, if you want to stay simple, you know, I mean, and of course, Apple's iWeb falls into that incredibly easy to use category. I actually have a um, a website that I made. I haven't updated it in like a billion years. Uh, I believe it's MacParrot.com. If you want to see a real and please, if you go to MacParrot.com and look at it and you see the big flashing <laughs> logo that's that's up there in the top, please remember that I made this site strictly as a way to try out um, things like well, I, I used Photoshop Elements to make the the flashing logo and and iWeb three. So you know, don't expect to go and see something as as polished as you know, some of the other Mac sites. And it looks like the last time I updated it was uh, March of last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I so use Ga- Gasmas.com is actually made in iWeb, and and there's lots of add-ons for iWeb as well. So you know, there are add-ons for yeah. each of these uh, the programs. Well, kind, iWeb, kind so. of the cool thing about the kind of the cool thing about iWeb, and if if you go to I mean, MacParrot.com started off with, with the the basic. Um, white template, yep. And I basically just took everything out of it and started and, and started adding and started from scratch, right? Yeah, and made right. made my kind. Of, I didn't. It's not really a question of making my own template because that's that's not what I did. I you know I I basically took all the design elements and then I would copy and paste it into the the various categories and just you know re keep reusing that over and over again. It's not really the same thing as as uh, templates, yeah. Um, it, but if you want to stay simple at a relatively low cost, there's also Corellia Software's Sandvox. Now, I've heard uh, a lot about a, this, but I've not used it. But I have heard that uh, that's a pretty good application. It is a good application, and it's incredibly easy to use. Um, they have a pro version for 97. The regular version is 57. The pro version allows you to kind of edit the HTML or, or inject uh, some of your own code. It's completely template-based. Uh, there are some basic changes that you can make to it, but you're, you're kind of locked into the, the templates that, that the software comes with, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, no. Now, if you want to go a little bit more professional, there's Soft Press's Freeway at $79 and Freeway Pro at $249. Now, I've... I've used this software myself, and it's certainly not going to be as easy as something like iWeb or Sandvox. Yeah, that's the next thing, of course. You know, if you're if you're wanting to move up, um, guy, then you've got to take into account your learning curve for some of these applications, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. You you know, it, it, you have to spend a little bit more time with the the more advanced uh, and you know even if you're using Dreamweaver you know you, you have to figure out how the program works yep. and and what it's going to look like when you get done with you know whatever the templates are that you started with it may or may not be a good thing now when it comes to to editing websites you know the the software that you can buy and download onto your computer aren't your only options you also have some online options like squarespace for example yeah we spoke about that earlier and um it's squarespace i think uh have come to the fore within the last year i suppose and uh, there's a lot of people shouting out how good they are and i've heard quite a you know quite a few people using them now you have to pay a monthly subscription 
um, to get uh, to use the application, but they and I don't think it's hosted, so you still have to host your own. Yeah, uh, pay for the site. hosting. That's, I think so. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Um, but th- from what I've heard, the templates that they've got there are, are extremely. Uh, manipulable, and you can get in yeah, there. Yeah, it's like and just kind it. of drag and drag and Absolutely. drop the various and pieces. There's a lot, a lot of people that uh, um, that swear by Squarespace, um, but you've got to take into account obviously the costs and the ongoing costs that you're going to have with uh, uh, with applications that uh, yeah. that are online. But if if you're looking for something that's that's like free as in beer, um, you always have WordPress. Yep. Which yep. is completely free. Absolutely. You can, and and uh, it's a relatively powerful CMS, you know, type of software. Absolutely. Um, even even hosting is free. The only problem you have with that is, you know, your your URL is always going to start off with you know WordPress.com slash whatever the name of your site is. Yes. Yes. Which yeah. to some people is not a problem, but I know that some people like uh, like to have. <laughs> the name that they want. Yeah, yeah. And of course you can always get a uh I hate giving free advertising. You can always get a uh, a URL from like GoDaddy and you know spend $4.99 a month for Yeah, there's plenty uh, for hosting and there's then just do a redirect, but then that requires a little bit more knowledge than um novices. So I I would say really if you're a novice uh, look at getting a uh, a domain from someone like GoDaddy, and then just use iWeb because yep. iWeb is probably the absolute. Uh, in some ways, it's so incredibly easy, and in other ways, it's so incredibly frustrating to to make it look like something other than an iWeb site. Yeah, well, and just to to back up on what I was talking about, Squarespace, I just had a quick look, and it does say that it is a fully hosted, uh, completely managed environment, so. Okay. All right. Um, So. Well, I was going to say let, let's let's uh, let's get away from Dreamweaver. And the next one I had was was Contribute, which is content management software. But we've kind of already covered that yep. with WordPress and Joomla. Yeah. Um, going on to Premiere Pro, On Location, and Encore, which is Adobe's uh, video editing suite, and it's it. I've never used Premiere Pro. You know, I'm going to say that right out out front. I've used, of course, iMovie and Final Cut Express and Final Cut Pro. Um, sort of a similar layout. It's got some some different tools, or the way that the tools are laid out is a little bit different from from Final Cut. But it's supposed to be really good software. But if you wanted to use something other than Premiere Pro on location Encore, there's of course Apple's Final Cut Express, which is one hundred ninety nine dollars. Um, iMovie 09, which is part of the iLife suite, and then there's this one, and I haven't tried it called uh avidimux i think it is uh, it's free but apparently very very basic and the the last one and i have used earlier versions of this software it's me and software's media edit 3 now they're not going to do everything that premiere pro and on location and encore is going to do um but most of these offer multi-track um non-destructive editing of the 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 video that you're bringing in and 
how well it works for you depends on, on what your typical workflow is going to be. If you're comfortable with iMovie, then you'll probably like media edit. But of course, it's it's an extra cost at, at about 60 bucks. Yeah, that's you've got one up on me on there because uh, when it comes to video editing, I, I do very little, I must admit. Hands up, shoot me down. Well, I, I mean, I just I, I was an iMovie guy for a very, very long time, especially yeah. back on, in some of the older versions uh, before they, they changed the complete layout of it. And there was a company that that MyMac.com is, was, was, still is very friendly with called G3. And I'll give them a free plug here. Uh, you can find them at G3.com. Uh, they, used, they, they made a suite of plugins for iMovie 06 and earlier that were, I mean, just added so much functionality to iMovie that you didn't need, really need something like Final Cut Express or Final Cut Pro. Um, now, of course, I've, I've moved on to you know Final Cut, and I don't know if I could 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 go back to iMovie except <laughs> you know unless it was like just a, a quick and and dirty you know yeah, yeah put it in and get it out kind of thing. But of course we you know it, it's it's that jump, isn't it, from the everyday use to something where you're having to do something that's a professional output and it's a regular same piece of output yeah. on a you know sure. ongoing basis. So. So the the last one we're going to talk about very quickly is uh, Soundbooth, which is a sound manipulation program from Adobe. And there's all kinds of choices here too. You've got Audacity, which is free. You can find that you know just do a Google search on Audacity A U D A C I T Y. And there's a lot of uh, people that swear by Audacity. I've got to say. Yeah, yeah, it's gotten some very good reviews over the years. And that swear uh, by, not swear at. Yeah, if you have you have to swear at it, that's that's not good software. Uh, Apple's Soundtrack Pro, which is part of you know, of course, that's you're getting back up there into the high price because yeah, you can't get it yeah. unless you're you get Final Cut Pro, which for you know a new user is twelve hundred. I'm sorry, nine ninety nine. Uh, GarageBand, which you know we use every single week, which is part of iLife. And Rogue Amoeba's Audio Hijack Pro, which we talked about last week at thirty-two bucks. Yep. So there's there's quite a lot of alternatives out there to um, to that CS5 package, but of course, as you said at the start, if you've got the package, you're probably working in an environment where you need the complete package, and uh, they're just going to be upgrading when they need to uh, to that sure. new CS5. But you know, if you just need one or two of the, uh, you know, uh, one of the pick and mix as it were there are plenty of alternatives out there and that that are a heck of a lot less expensive absolutely and that website that um guy spoke of at the start was alternative2.net i'm sure you have the link in the in the show notes for that oh yeah 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 we'll put a link in the show notes in that and and um that is that is actually a very very cool site it's not only for alternatives to uh, Adobe software. It's alternatives to just about any software on on either Linux, Windows, or OS ten. So you're not limited to just you know Macintosh apps. Yeah, I think we're gonna check that out myself. Yep, it's a great, great website, and I highly recommend it. And I think that's going to bring us to the end, Gaz. Yeah. So we st- well, we started before, off on a sad note. We're I, and we're we're ending on a high. And actually, is there something that you want to mention about it? Perhaps people calling in. Oh, oh, yeah, boy! I swear, if I had if I had a brain, I would probably <laughs> hurt myself. Um, 
just got a Skype number. It's you know it's a long distance call, unfortunately, for just about everybody outside of the Virginia area. But if you want to leave a live comment that we can play on the show, uh, it's area code seven zero three four three six nine five oh one. And of course, you can leave. You know, you can make an audio comment through um, you know your iPhone or or several other ways. You can send us an audio comment through Skype. Yeah, it, well, if they want to do that, or you know, just record something on the lo- locally on the machine and send it to feedback at mymac dot com. Is that correct? Yep. Feedback at f- well, either feedback at mymac dot com or podcast at mymac dot com. Yeah. Either one of those will work. Now, Gaz, I, I know you're on Twitter. I am. Do you want to put that? Do you want to put that out there? Well, guess what my Twitter handle is. Hmm. Gazmaz. It <laughs> it's Twitter. It is a mystery. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz. Just do a search for Gazmaz, and you'll find the face. Yep. <laughs> Yo, that is quite a face. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Scary. Uh, I'm at Twitter.com forward slash Mac Parrot, and I think that's going to wrap it up for this week, Gaz. Yeah, and that'll be. Good night from men and good night from me. (laughs) Only my British listeners will get that one. (laughs) Good night, everybody. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Photo Tech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes. 